caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Caught with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop bottles. Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship brain. Cause I ball hard. Don't be ball I am the bird man. This is one night stand. What up, night fans? It's Wednesday, March 20th. March Madness is here, and UCF is dancing, and I'm here with... Money Moo. What's up, guys? UCF makes it to its first NCAA at-large bid in school history. First time making it in the NCAA tournament since the 2005 season. It was a great regular season for the Knights kind of finished on a little bit of a sour note would have liked to go a tad bit farther in the conference tournament a tad bit like uh, win a game <laughs> yeah but, yeah one game would have been nice um uh, memphis if it memphis is a tough tough place to play man it, it yeah. doesn't matter you know memphis was down a little bit this year but it, it really doesn't matter that that is an extremely tough environment and you know home court advantage in in college basketball Big time. Really, mean, it means a lot more than football. We're going to get into all that about basketball, but we have a little breaking news here. The American Athletic Conference and ESPN have agreed to a 12-year media rights deal worth $1 billion. Now, I get what you're thinking. That's kind of like Mike Trout money. It's actually not that much. It comes out to just under $7 million per school per year, which is about $5 million more than we currently get. However, this is also like $30 million less than Power 5 schools, and there's a couple negative caveats about it. They're saying the majority, and I'm reading this straight from the press release, the majority of basketball games and about half of the football games will go to ESPN+, Plus, which is like their oh. streaming app service. What's it, like 5 bucks a month? Something like that? It's four ninety nine a month. This is basically... ESPN money grab here a it's, little bit. Yeah, because it's like, oh, they're paying us money, but they're going to get a shit ton back because we're all going to sign up for their stupid service. Now, the good thing is, being that UCF is one of, actually, I mean, we're by far the best and most popular football program and one of the top five basketball programs is that they're, you know, they say half of the football games will go on ESPN+. Plus. Well, that's going to be your UConn versus Tulane your ECU versus yeah, Tulsa. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. I don't think maybe one or two games for us will end up on that. But still, I guess not as high as we hoped, especially because Memphis officials were commenting on this, saying it was like a blowout deal. So I was kind of thinking $9, $10 million. But regardless, it's five extra million dollars for Danny White to do his magic with. So I guess it's better than nothing. And the good thing is so we didn't sign the grant of rights that we previously talked about which would have locked us in to the conference till the end of the TV deal. We're free to leave. So I give us four or five years, you know, 2024, 20, 25 is when all the P5 conferences are renegotiating their contracts and someone's going to be calling us then. So whatever, more money for us in the short term, not a huge deal. I'll give this a B okay. in my opinion. All right. You know, it's not exactly what we wanted. Exactly what we wanted is to go to a different conference. But, you know, it, it's better than what we had. Definitely. We'll say that. Hey. And more money doesn't always mean more problems. <laughs> no, definitely not. And one other, the other thing that I wish that would have happened is they could have did it on like a sliding scale where the bigger schools that bring in more revenue that have the higher TV ratings 
get more money. So say UCF gets ten, and like Memphis and and Houston get nine, or you know USF gets eight, or and then down because like yeah, and then two, Tulsa gets one. What Tulane shouldn't get as much money as we do. Absolutely not. No but, way. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you know, like you said, more money, not necessarily more problems. Definitely not a bad thing. Just maybe not as good as we thought. But it is what it is. So, but hey, maybe we can get a promo code for uh, ESPN Plus. That would be good to give all all hey. of our listeners. But four ninety nine a month. I mean, I think you do get bad. a free like month trial or something. Anyway, whatever. We probably won't have to watch most any of our games on there. One other good thing too is I think they're going to cover our baseball more. Which has been a big now, complaint. See, I would like that. Because right I know, don't we have some? It's UCF Nights at TV. It's like four ninety nine a month, and it's like two cameras, and it's not that good, and the streaming sucks, and there's like no customer service. So that's definitely an upgrade, but I don't know. Whatever it is, what it is. All right, let's talk about obviously the most important thing going on right now: March Madness. So the last time we talked to you, we were just off of the huge win on the road versus Houston College Game Day. And we were hyping you up for the home game that Thursday versus Cincinnati. A lot of cool storylines going into that. It was the first time two ranked teams had ever played each other in CFE Arena. It was Taco Falls' first time seeing her son in like seven years from Senegal. And it was a really, really good game. Moo, what were your thoughts from that game? Well, from what I saw on TV, I know you were fortunate enough to go to the game. Which I wasn't. I did see you on TV a couple times. A little bit. I'm sure, I'm sure other people did. I was in the bottom left the whole time. Um, pumping. It, it was all around a great game. You know, Cincinnati is a very, very competitive team. Always played us well. Cumberland is gonna be an NBA player. I think. I think. I think you're absolutely right. He's good. I mean, he's got the body of like a a power forward, but plays like a little small guard. I mean, dude's got handles. He's good, and uh, I'm excited to see him at the next level. But anyway. It was really a back-and-forth game the whole time. Good game. Colin Smith had a, right? Col- no, that was a Houston was it? game. No. No. <laughs> that was a Houston game. It, yeah, it was a back-and-forth. This was, this was B.J. Taylor's game. He tw- had some 22 points for B.J. And he had some clutch shots. And then, you know, still throughout everything, remember the spread was, what, two and a half? At the end, Cincinnati got their ball in their best three-point shooter's hands, had a good look right in front of me, wasn't even close, banged off the front rim, clock expired. We rushed the court probably only the fourth or fifth time in school history. Definitely a really, really good, you know, a good way to send the seniors off on senior night. Taco Fall with both of his moms there, very emotional moment after the game with his moms and his brother. And, you know, the seniors went up into the stands and had a little speech after. That pretty much sealed us to go to March Madness regardless of what happened, which obviously <laughs> we lost the next two games, but it clearly didn't matter. We weren't on the bubble. We were locked in for March Madness. First at-large bid ever. Very, very exciting. Real quick, the storming of the court debate. I think we should go over this because if my eyes were not deceiving me, I saw you on the court. Oh, yeah. One of the first ones. So tell me, in your decision-making, there what was, made you think about about storming the court? There was never a decision to storm the court or not. It was always... We're going to storm it because, like I said before, the first matchup ever against ranked teams, it's only our, I think, our sixth or seventh win against a ranked team in UCF history and only, like, the third time we've done it at home. Plus, it was senior night. B.J. Taylor, Taco Fall, and Dayon Griffin, their last game at home. 
big win against a ranked team, a higher ranked team. I mean, these guys deserve nothing less than to go out with a bang, storm in the court. I understand why people say don't. Well, actually, no, I don't. You're stupid. We should we should storm the court. I get it. Like, oh, we're supposed to be a big boy program, dude. We're not. Stop stop faking yourself, telling yourself we're we're some school that's too pretentious and good to storm the court. Like, we're not that good. This is the first time we've ever made the tournament without winning the conference. And when we did, we were in, like, the Atlantic Sun Conference or something like that. Let's not kid ourselves. Like, we definitely deserve to storm the court. No, I completely agree. To anyone that thinks that we shouldn't have stormed the court. Get out of here. Yeah. I, all right, so I'm I'm storming the court versus VCU. I don't care. Like, <laughs> the big nine versus eight upset. Who cares? Let's have fun. Like, stop pooping on everyone's parade. I mean, you have... A, you have a good point there because this will be our first ever tournament win. Yeah. If we win on Friday. It's a big deal. That is a huge deal. And we might, I mean, it might be a while before we get to do this again. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. All right, so big win versus Cincy. Locks us into March Madness. Storm the court. Then we go into Temple. This was tough. It, what was the line on that? I think it was plus two. UCF plus two. And yeah, and we we kept it close, but you know, a lot of storylines coming into this game. Their coach was it he announced that he was gonna be stepping down after this season. So it was his last home game at Temple. And Temple's fighting for a March Madness bid. We were coming off a really, really emotional win at home and really didn't have much to play for. Two, emo- two emotional wins back-to-back. I mean, you, you take down two top 25 teams in back-to-back games. There's a lot of schools out there that didn't do that all year. Could never say that. Agreed. So, you know, we fought hard. We kept it close. Down one at halftime. Ended up losing by five. No real surprise there. I mean, not... Well, not to me. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I sent out a small warning tweet to my followers who usually follow my picks to maybe not take UCF in the game versus Temple, even though it seemed very tempting. Plus two, I just thought that being on the road after the two emotional wins definitely was going to be a flat spot for us. The coach thing, senior night for them as well. Senior night for them. Ranked team at home. I mean, the same stuff that we had going for us for Cincinnati was going against us at Temple. And I had a ton of backlash on Twitter from people. How could you possibly bet against your own team? I would never root for my own team to underperform. And I was like, guys, I, I didn't, I didn't do any of that. Yeah. First off, I, n- I didn't never bet on Temple. I yeah. didn't bet against my own team. Said, don't I don't bet for my own team. I just said maybe pump the brakes and don't bet your whole <laughs> bet your whole bankroll on UCF because exactly. it might come up a little short. And I still live bet us because like and I was right. So you know that's my job is to yeah. is to get the picks right. That's why you're you're money moo and you're not uh I don't know like broke moo or broke something. Moo. And uh, yeah, I listened to your advice. I did not bet the game before the game. But then, like, three minutes in on the first time out, I'm like, I can't watch it. Yourself. <laughs> so put so then box. I did the same going into our next game. I did the same thing against Memphis. I knew their home court advantage was huge. The value wasn't there. What was it? It was UCF minus three and a half. Yeah. It just wasn't there. And I told everyone on Twitter, and again, the same thing. It was like the same people. Yeah, pretty much. like. And again, I was right. So yeah, You were more than right. That sucked, and it's like, I apologize. I'm just, I'm yeah, trying to be nothing, real about it. I rooted I, for my team like crazy. Now, I will never not root for my team. If this was a game that, in this this game or the Temple game, were games that we had to win, 
because we're on on the cusp of making or missing the tournament, that would be one thing to say not bet us because then it's like, hey, you're not confident in us. No, these were games that didn't matter, and that was more of the emphasis of your tweet was not, hey, we're not as good as these teams. It's like these guys have somewhat Memphis. Their only chance of making the tournament was to win the conference. They had two shots with less than 15 seconds left in their next game versus Houston to make the conference championship. They missed both of those shots, but they were running with Houston. Why? Because Houston was already locked in as a three seed. Memphis, it was like either win or go home and go home for good. You don't have a chance at March Madness unless you win the conference. They had so much more to play for, and you were just being smart about that, and that's it. So no reason to fault you there. Um, Obviously, embarrassing 24-point loss. But at the end of the day, we probably still would have been a nine seed. I don't think anything changed. I think you're right. I, I think the best case scenario, if we would have ran the table and went all the way through maybe a six. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe a seven. It, seven know. would be nice because we wouldn't end up playing the one seed in the next round, but it is what it is. We'll take it one game at a time. Though. One game at a time. And and this is March. Anyone can beat anyone. That is true. I mean, look, last year there were like the most upsets ever. A 16 seed beat a one, Virginia. It was nuts last year, and that's why they call it March Madness. But talking about that, let's talk a little bit about our bracket, our seeding, and our first opponent, the VCU, which we're playing in the late game, CBS, Friday night. What's it, 9.40? 9.40 projected start time. We've got the A-Squad announcers, Jim Nance, Grant Hill. Who's the other person? I don't know. I don't know, but Jim Nance. A-Squad, though. Jim Nance, like, oh, God, that voice, like. Nah, he's a good one. And they're obviously there for the for us, not Duke. Not VCU either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk Let's talk about traveling to the game, then we'll talk about the game a little bit. So traveling to it, I'll be going. I just secured my plans. I mean, I got to. Well, I don't, you don't work. Yeah, so. I don't work. So uh, actually having the best year ever sales-wise in real estate, by the way. So if you know anyone that wants to buy or sell in Southwest Florida, hit up Shawnee B. You see a problem. Anyway, traveling to the game this weekend. Uh, I found one-way flights for $91 from Fort Myers. I leave Friday morning, and I bought a return one Monday morning to get back. 100 bucks each, not bad. And if I want to right now, I could buy a return flight Saturday for $100 in case we were to lose. If we lose and I want to go on Saturday, it's probably going to cost me like four or 500 but I figure out ah, what the hell, stay till Sunday and if not Monday – there's some cheap hotels for 50 or 60 bucks, and the prices on StubHub have actually been coming down a little bit. The day the bracket was announced, the cheapest get-in ticket was about 120 We actually did sell out of our allotment for UCF, which oh, is good. Nice. Only two sections, but that's good. The cheapest get-in ticket now is 90 but the good thing is, is it's not just a ticket for UCF VCU. You get to go to the game before at like 7.30, Duke versus the 16-seed play-in game, which I think is going on right now. Fairly Dickinson versus, I don't know, some team. Anyway, you get oh, to... No, that, that one's the North Carolina Central and North Dakota State. Okay, so anyway, you get to watch Duke whop some 16 seed. You get to watch Zion Williamson, who's been touted the best college basketball prospect to come out of college since, I think Shaq is what I heard someone say. I mean, this guy is the most hyped guy since LeBron, and we get to see him play for the price of one ticket. So whatever. I mean, two games for the price of one, going to be good. And not too far of a drive from Orlando. Only six and a half hours. It's not bad. It kind of gets boring once you get past, like, Jacksonville or whatever. But 
Should be a good time. I'm working on some events. It's tough because there's eight schools going to be in town for this game, including Duke and Virginia. Rabid fan bases that travel well. But regardless, definitely should be a good time. Hopefully we get past VCU, but if not, just being there as an at-large is cool. So there's going to be eight teams there. There's our little quadrant, with which is Duke, the 16 seed, us, and VCU. And then there's the other one, which is Virginia, Gardner-Webb, Ole Miss, and Oklahoma. So we've got all eight teams here. Their games are early on Friday. Ours are late. And then their winner plays at like 3 o'clock on Sunday. And the winner of us VCU versus Duke plays at like 6 on Sunday. But what that's going to leave us is eight fan bases in freaking Columbia, which is like a college town with nothing to do on Saturday besides get drunk and watch college basketball so should be a little interesting especially because duke and virginia travel really well but yeah so let's talk about vcu moo what are your thoughts on this team because they're pretty good they're ranked higher than us in ken palm they started off actually as what a one and a half two point favorite which now moved to ucf being a couple point favorite obviously because we have a lot of fans with yeah. a bad gambling problem yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Because in my power rankings, VCU is a little bit ahead of us. They're actually uh, 37 overall. We're 46, about a two-point difference on the adjusted power ranking. But um, what do we know about VCU? All right, so a couple quick things. They only have one win against a tournament team. They beat Temple. They have no other wins against tournament teams, which I think we have four. But do they, here's the thing, though. They play in a conference where they don't play a lot of tournament teams. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, they don't, but they just saying they don't have very many impressive wins. They either. just have a lot of wins. Yeah. The one thing is, is that I know they're – I think this is their eighth straight or ninth straight appearance in the tournament. So even though they don't have many seniors – this is familiar for them. This is so familiar for them. Their coach is consistent, yep. And I'm sure their fans will travel well because this is a basketball school, let's be honest. Yeah, and Virginia, uh, I'm not good at geography, but I think that's close to the Carolinas. It like sits on top of them, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes so, like a little sandwich with uh, North Carolina and South Carolina. One way that I could see them giving us some trouble is that they do play 11 different guys. A lot of different minutes. There's people that are always in that are fresh. We don't play 11 guys. I think we might play 8 or 9. But we have our main guys and then subs. They yeah. rotate everyone evenly almost. And they play press defense like the whole game. So it's going to... Which no matter... It, doesn't, it seems like any coach, any players, whatever. We just we have a lot of trouble with the press. Well, a lot of teams do. I mean, that's it's press, it's press defense. It's not easy. Like, no matter... How good you are, it's going to give you trouble a little bit. But there'll be times where you can exploit it and end up with like a wide open layup. Hopefully, we're prepared, a little bit more prepared than we were against Memphis at least, and can, you know, counteract this. But we'll just have to see. It this is gonna be a grind. It it really is. I mean, I hope we win, but this is not gonna be an easy team to beat. The one good thing is their biggest weakness is three point shooting, which Definitely in the Memphis game, we gave up. Uh, who was that big, the big tall guy that was the four? Yeah, I don't know. He was like the power forward, kind of like Colin Smith, like just draining threes from the top of the Every key. time we started to get like a little bit of momentum, he'd just sink one in our face. And right. then it was like, oh, there it goes. So VCU is one of the worst three point shooting teams in the country. 
so, which is fine because we're really not that good at defending it. And we're but wait, hold on. They're bad at shooting threes. And we're one of the best at defending the rim. So how will they score? So is it, take the under. I don't know. I mean, the one thing is they've got one really really good player. His name's Marcus Evans, and he suffered a knee bruise in there uh, in the A10 tournament on Friday. So that'll be a week from his injury will be him playing, and he's listed as day-to-day. I don't know no- much about knee bruises. I think they just hurt. It's more of that than a structural thing, but, I mean, it's their, by far their best player all over their message boards. They are worried about him. I would assume that he should be okay for the game, but just something new, something to think about going in there. If we beat them, um, and like I said, it'll be close, but we'll see what happens. Then we take on Duke in the second round. Duke... Like, the consensus pick to win the whole tournament. They've got two of the best players in all of college basketball, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, and a couple other guys that are going to be lottery picks too. Zion, I, I'm, ex- I'm so excited. I'm like a, a little, like a, <laughs> it's like a kid on Christmas Eve. Like, I'm so excited to see this dude in person because he's an absolute freak. You know, he had that shoe explosion thing, sat out, came back, they won. Yeah, they beat Florida State. In the ACC championship, Zion full health. They got they're the number one overall seed. These guys are the team to beat. And right now on ESPN, forty percent of all the brackets are picking them to win. Which, by the way, if you have not entered our March Madness contest, look to my pin tweet on Twitter. We are giving away lots. We've got thirteen Jimmy Hula's gift cards. We've got thirteen. 13 pairs of Rock'em socks. Rock'em socks. We've got some Zup memberships. Some conference. What is Zup? Zup. Uh, Zup is the number one app for finding out what to do and where to eat in the UCF area. It's the rebranded Party Tutor Gold. It's awesome. They have awesome deals all the time. Follow them on Instagram at Zup underscore UCF. That's Z-U-P-P underscore UCF. One of our great sponsors, obviously, Jimmy Hula's and... Rock'em Socks. Rock'em Socks. Use promo code UCFPROBLEMS, all caps, for 10% off your order. Jimmy Hula's also... If you've never eaten at Jimmy Hula's, what did it open? It opened when we were in school. I think so, And yeah. I never... I always looked at that place and I was like, uh, I don't... It doesn't really look that great or uh, it's kind of expensive. I'm telling you what, their food is amazing in there. And it's not expensive at all, even on a college but On a broke college budget. Yeah. Especially since we're giving you guys some gift cards, go in, try it out. They got all kinds of craft beer. They still they do beer bucket specials. Uh, they used to do like Natty Light bucket specials. Yeah, so which right, is great with tacos. Right, right now they've got uh, it's their Aloha weekends. They've got live music on Friday and Saturday nights. Ten dollar craft beer buckets can't beat that. Four dollar margaritas, three dollar white claws, and five dollar happy hour food menu. Also on Saturdays and Sundays, endless mimosas from eleven to four. 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. What? Yeah, dude, you can't... Five hours of mimosa. That's dangerous. So definitely check them out. I always stop there when I come up for games. And, I mean, I'm not just saying that. I really, really like their food. They've yeah, got me, some, me and the wife do, too. They've so. got some awesome, like, really cool, like, craft taco type things. So definitely check them out. Oh, also, we're giving away, like, 40 Apollos tickets, too. So 40. Lots of prizes. You'll find the link on my Twitter. The password's Nitro. Sign up, and all we do is ask that you subscribe to our podcast, and if you like us, leave us a review. Uh, if not, oh, I don't know. Tell us to do better. <laughs> but anyway. And we accept crit- we accept criticism. Yeah, we love, well. uh, we've got some negative reviews, and we took those and learned from it. I mean, that, it is what it is. You know, I'm, 
Yeah, no one's wrong ever with an opinion, unless you like USF. So, anyway, so 40% of the teams on ESPN picked Duke to win it all. They're the consensus favorite. But, you know, I was listening to another podcast, and they had CBS insider John Rothstein on there. They asked, you know, who do you think can take out Duke? And he said, look, I'm not saying they're going to beat Duke, but UCF matches up with them really well. You got Taco Fall, seven foot seven, matchup for Zion Williamson, which I don't know if that's the best matchup, but it is what it is. And they're saying, he said, we defend the rim really well, which I talked about earlier. And Duke's not the best three-point shooting team. So we could maybe give them a run for their money. He's not saying we'll beat them, but it's definitely a decent matchup. Better than we match up against some of the other better teams, I guess. So that'll be interesting. If we end up playing Duke, like the story, the ESPN's going to have a field day with these little like backstories. Oh, yeah. What else do we got going on? Man? Well, the crazy thing is is that we won't have a whole week to talk about it. It's only going to be Saturday. Yeah. That's it. Because like, after we beat Virginia Commonwealth, everyone's going to go to sleep or maybe have like two more hours at the bar. And then you got Saturday, and then that's it. Sunday, it's game time already. So there's not a whole lot of time to hype it up and, and get prepped, but we'll talk about it now because I don't think we're going to have time to no. give out another podcast. No, <laughs> I'll probably do an emergency periscope or something like that. All right, all right, we can do that. But um, I but don't know. Yeah. For me, for me, it's like the you know Zion versus Taco. It's like the unstoppable force in Zion versus the immovable object of Taco. Wait, okay, all right. Wait, Taco immovable? <laughs> well, you, it's like you can't get to the rim. You can't get, yeah, okay. You, you can't go through him. You got to go around him. Yeah. Above him. I don't know, under? Ab- under his legs or something. <laughs> I don't know. Under Someone hasn't tried. Under- I'm surprised no one's tried that yet. Dude, you get a little Muggsy Bogues, you can just like <laughs> dribble right through. No, definitely. And then, obviously, the other storyline, too, is the Danny White, like, revenge game factor. Danny White's father, Kevin White not the Bears wide receiver, is the athletic Former director. West Virginia wide receiver. <laughs> is the, did he ever play, like, a game? Yeah, he just got yeah pick, a couple. He just got picked up by the Cardinals. Um, but anyway, so his Kevin White, athletic director at Duke, brother Mike White, head coach of the Gators basketball team. Oh, yeah, okay. Whoa, we're on the and same then, side of the bracket. We can meet in the Final Four, I think. Dude. And then his other brother, Brian, athletic director for FAU, Oh, and his sister, Mariah, is the assistant AD for SMU Mustangs. All right, so Kevin. Good Lord. That's dude, a sports family right there. How about, talk about the four most basic, like, white guy names ever. Dad, Kevin, brother, Mike, brother, Brian, and him, Danny. And last name, White, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, that definitely. So, you've got, you know, the, the father-son AD matchup, which really has nothing to do with the game, but it's just one of those things that's fun to talk about. Zion versus taco which is just insane i can't wait to see that in person hopefully and then obviously what was the third thing there was a third thing oh johnny Watkins. duh how do we forget this is the biggest johnny one? Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude the johnny waka waka the biggest all right the biggest storyline i can't believe i couldn't remember this johnny dawkins Versus Coach K. Johnny Dawkins played for Coach K when they won a national championship for Duke. He was an assistant under Coach K before he got hired at Stanford. I mean, dude, the storylines, like, holy crap. It's unreal. It, you know they did this on purpose, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, it's a big conspiracy. <laughs> no, but seriously, we have to beat VCU. Like, I, honestly, like, 
I'm not big on the whole refs conspiracy thing, but I could see someone like the NCAA for ratings definitely oh, yeah. want to have the refs, refs biased towards UCF. And I'm not saying I never believe in that, but if there was ever a time for it, it would be this because VCU Duke is just, uh, it's Duke. UCF Duke. First of all, it's UCF. Like, People love to talk about us, love us or hate us. And then, you know, the Dawkins thing, the Danny White thing, the Zion Taco, like, ah, there's just oh, so the much. the ratings should be huge. It w- the ratings are going to be triple VCU. Dude. Sunday at 6 p.m. too, like, whew, that's money. That's money. The money moo. And especially, too, that that's like the very end. Like, all the other teams are already in the Sweet 16 at that point. Yep, this is like the last the last one. I, w- one of the last ones, I think. So definitely going to be exciting. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna book. <laughs> I'm just gonna book my hotel through Monday. Obviously, it, it just seems too good to be true. Um, anything else we want to talk about March Madness besides? I mean, we could talk all day about picks and stuff like that, but no one gives a shit about what you. What put do in you your think? All right, here's a just a quick question. I, I want to get see like what's going on in your head. What do you think we need to improve on from the previous two games in which we lost in order to overcome? You know this upset because it is an upset. They yeah. would have had us at the eight seed if they thought we were better than VCU, but yeah. apparently we're not. So you know, what do we, you think we've just and this is one of the things I talked about when I was on my whole like fire Dawkins kind of spiel toward in the beginning of the year. It's just like we just couldn't seem to get it going, and like we couldn't find any rhythm. It was very choppy. We start to get going, and then they just make a three and just shut us down. You know, I think one of the big things is. Is Taco Fall in this game for VCU? Yeah, their tallest guy is only like six foot seven, so we match up really, really well. And I think we just got to get everyone kind of in a rhythm, and that's something we didn't do the last two games. We kind of crumbled against Memphis when we started to even have any remote signs of life. So that's something I think we definitely have to do. Uh, what do you think, Moo? Absolutely. I feel like the the team feeds off of Taco's confidence, and it all starts with Taco. You know, his first couple years here at UCF, I felt like he had zero confidence. And he needed to just get a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. You know, and you can definitely tell the game that he had, like, 20 and 20. Oh, yeah. Uh, was another it, game man. he had 20 and 10. Like, everyone feeds off of that. He was in a mood that game. Is, that, the, is that what the kids say? He's the, in a mood? He's in a mood. <laughs> the thing is, though, if, if we start getting cold... Everyone like gets down on themselves we so bad. Need someone else to step up. All, you can see it. This is exactly how the Memphis game went. Aubrey starts not shooting the ball well. Aubrey's, he starts. They, we all like start trying to create something that isn't there. Yeah, and I noticed that too in the Memphis game. It's like I, I forget at one point, Terrell Allen threw up a three point, like a pull up three point shot, like five seconds into the shot clock. It's like, dude, no, like no, that's yeah, not our see? shot, like. And like you said, we were just trying to force stuff, and then what ends up happening? You dig the hole deeper and deeper, and you get more desperate and desperate, and that throws us off of our game, which, in my opinion, goes back to coaching. You need to be like, no, stick to our game and play with it. But it is what it is. So, If we could just play every game like we played against Houston. I know, right? <laughs> it's so easy. No one can beat us. It's so easy. God, jeez. All right, anyway, I think we're spoiled a little with football, but that's another story. Um. All right, so... March Madness, that's it. Go try if you can. Do anything. Six and a half hour drive. You get a hotel for like 50 bucks. Tickets aren't that expensive. Could be our first win in March Madness history. On the other hand, women's basketball, also their first time making it as an at-large bid. 
we have a 12 seed. They actually said we were the last team in. Oh, really? <laughs> they actually, yeah. Some, oh, yeah, because it's not a field of 68. It's only 64. Something like that. And we were the last team in. We play Arizona State in Miami, also on Friday night. Interestingly enough, ESPN, someone uh, accidentally put the graphic out during some other TV show where they were showing the men's. They, like, threw up the women's on accident. It got leaked three hours early. Everyone found out. The selection show was, like, messed up. They had to do, like, the live shot of us celebrating three times, and, like, the third one, like, no one was excited because they already knew. But anyway. That's awesome. Shout out to the women. Hey, someone's getting fired for sure. Shout out to the ladies, though. They've had an unbelievable season. Their most wins ever. And, you know, get a chance to maybe do a little something-something down in Coral Gables. So, very exciting for them. Also, we are one of three schools to make the NCAA tournament for both men and women's basketball and an MY6 bowl game, Michigan being the other one. So, Danny White, like, bow down to the man. And you got to love the 12-5 matchup being the 12 seed. That's oh, the yeah. Ba- that's the most upset. Uh, yeah, it's the most upset. <laughs> it's the one most, most likely upsettable. to be upset, even though, like, the 8-9 and 7-10 should be less less likely or more likely for an upset. But now the 5-12 is big time. So, shout out to... All of our athletic teams doing very, very well. All right, let's get to our interview with A.J. Ramsa. He was the starting point guard for UCF for four years starting in 2008. Had a really cool conversation with him, his journey to college, how he got a scholarship when he almost wasn't even recruited. He's also the shortest scholarship player to ever play for UCF. Uh, Really, really, really nice kid. Has a really awesome story and uh, definitely a fun time talking to him. So let's get to that. All right, guys, I'm here with fan favorite and former UCF point guard from 2008 to 2012, AJ Ramsa. AJ, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Man, I appreciate you having me, brother. You guys know anything for UCF, I'm always down. (laughs) Yeah, for for sure. So (laughs) let's start off. I'm sure you've been following the team this year. What are your thoughts about, you know, how we've kind of come alive these last couple weeks heading into conference play? I love it. Um, for me, I mean, you guys know I'm the biggest UCF fan, even though I graduated a while back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Besides, mean, besides me. I'm just kidding. We might have a little war between us, too. But um, this, is, this is the most important time to be playing your best basketball. And when, you, when the team can start to gel and everyone starts to figure out their roles and, and you start clicking, um, this, is, this is a very dangerous time for UCF, man. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, I was a little bit critical of not necessarily the team, but maybe Coach Dawkins because, like, you know, we had we got kind of blown out by Houston at home. And it just uh-huh. like, you know, we've got all this talent, all these seniors on the team, and it just felt like we were underperforming. But like you said, we're really, really clicking at the right time here heading into this tournament. I haven't gone to a UCF game in the last couple of years. This year was my first one in a while. And, um, yeah, man, they're, they're, they're athletic. They play, they play well together. Um, and I just love their intensity. And I think that, like I said, we said, they're, they're, they're coming together right at the right time. Yeah. That's the most important <laughs> it's it's awesome. Have you had a chance to meet Coach Dawkins yet? Because I know he came on a couple years after you left. I have not actually met him. I saw him when he was there, and he um, was talking to the other coaches, and one of the assistants came up to me, and they've actually reached out to me over the phone a couple times. Uh-huh. But it's just been something that I have, I've been so dang busy here that I haven't even been able to get out there as much as I want. But when I do, when I do go out there next time, I want to 
I would definitely want to talk to him and meet with him and, and just, you know, learn about learn more about him. Yeah, I mean, from I've actually never met him either, but from everything I hear, he's just a really, really awesome guy and almost like a father figure and a great mentor for everyone. So I'm really glad this team is fulfilling the expectations of preseason. So, you know, yeah. he's gonna have he's gonna have a job here for a long time. So No, no, definitely and I think I mean he's 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 been a winner his whole life. I mean, he's been with Coach K, I believe he's been at Duke, you know what I mean? So he yep. has he has that winning mentality, and he's bringing that to UCF. And people people want that instant success, but it doesn't happen like that. It takes two or three years to build that team and to get those players that you want, and then get them to play how you want. So it's a process, but they're he's putting it all together right now, and, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the team. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's talk about your career a little bit. So you came into UCF. What was it? Two thousand eight. 2000 yeah I graduated high school 2008 so my first season with UCF was 2008 2009 all right so actually you mentioned high school let's talk about that obviously you know everyone knows the story you're very kind of under recruited I mean Uh kind of your whole life you've kind of had to uh, prove people wrong how did you end up at UCF um yeah like you said man just the kind of background going to uh, I wanted to go to a school that was one of the top in the country for high school not only academically but also athletically and um, I wanted to be the best and people laughed at my dreams. People laughed at my goals that I wanted to attend a school like Whitney Young and actually play basketball. And they laughed about it. And most of them were like, man, you won't even make the freshman B team. But for me, it was something I was dedicated to. It was something that I wanted to be around. And um, starting varsity as a freshman, I became one of the top point guards in the city. Um, really made a name for myself. Grew up playing against guys like Derek Rose, Sharon Collins, Patrick Beverly. Um, night in and night out, those are the guys you had to go against. Jerome Randall. I mean, these are some of the that's best ins- guards. That's absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a freshman in high school. Yeah. So I'm playing I'm <laughs> playing against the the big boys. But I tell I tell everybody, man, you can't be afraid to you can't be afraid to go after your goals, after your dreams. And and how do you do that, man? You step out of your comfort zone. You play against the best. You play against the top level competition, and you bring your A game. And for me, I got killed in the beginning. That's <laughs> that that was the whole thing. But my mindset was, I want to keep doing this. So I kept coming back. And I wouldn't give up, and I would just keep fighting and, and, and work as hard as I can. Um, but again, I mean, my entire life has been my height. You know, I was one of the top point guards in the in the state of Chicago, in the city, probably if not the best. And I still, it was hard for me to get recruited because of my height. People how, didn't want to take a chance on me. How tall were you in high school? High school, I'd probably say five six. Oh, five, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and you got, I mean, it's people till this day are still like, wait, what? Yeah, you played basketball, and so that's a big reason for the not to get off topic, but the a reason for the motivation that I want to do, and I want to I go around and I inspire people and go to the boys and girls club, and talk to these kids because I want them to realize whether it's sports, whether it's business, whatever it is, you can do it because everyone's going to tell you what you can't do, just like I had growing up. Everyone told me what I couldn't do, no one told me what I could do, but I knew what I could do because if I worked at it, if I believed in myself, and and I came, I came every day and showed up and worked as hard as I can, something good was going to happen. And, and that's what I want kids to realize, man. Especially this, this this new generation, the younger generation, man. It's different. And I'm not not to sit there and say, oh, all this bad stuff, but it is different. And I want them to realize, man. They take this stuff where someone tells them they can't do something. They take it to heart, and they they really think that they can't. But that's a big reason why I want to go around and I, and I talk to these kids and let them know, listen, you can do anything you want in sports or in life. Yeah, no, you you really can. You're a great example of that. And and talking about this generation, I think a lot of that has to do with like social media because like oh, everything, <laughs> just like everything is so negative and stuff like that. So I totally understand what you're saying, and that's awesome yeah. that you're going around. And you know, you're a great example of you know everyone was telling you no, you can't do this, no, you can't do this, and you ended up getting a scholarship to uh, to, to UCF, which is awesome. Um, right. And that's funny. I actually asked the same question to Marcus, and uh-huh. he told me. 
I was like, why'd you go to UCF? And he's like, well, AJ went there and he was my point guard. So I was like, all right, that was an easy <laughs> answer. <laughs> Man, yeah. So Marcus transferred to Whitney Young to play with me my senior year, his junior year. Um, so we played high school together. We're top five team in the country, number one team in the state. Didn't end up winning state championship. They actually won it the year after. And then when I was a freshman down at UCF, I was like, man, Marcus, you have to come here. Like, we can leave a legacy. They're known for football. I mean, the campus is ridiculous. The girls, the ratio <laughs> from, from guys to girls. I mean, this is like, this. we can literally, we can turn this thing out. And and he came down there. He took his first visit to UCF. And then kind of like me, man, he fell in love with it. But it was more of the point about leaving a legacy, you know, leaving it better than we found it. Yeah. And uh, really making a name for ourselves. And, and, I mean, we did that. We led the school to the first First time in, in in school history ranking, we were fifteen to zero. Um, we beat we beat uh, Florida. We beat, yeah, we beat beat Florida at the Amway Center for the first time. Like, and, there was uh, a lot of stuff that we did, man. That UConn game in the Bahamas too, right? Yeah, the UConn game I was suspended for. Oh um, shit, my bad. But yeah, that was that was that was like I was I was there with him watching yeah. that man. Now that that <laughs> that was definitely a really really fun time for UCF basketball, and definitely kind yeah. of started to put us on the map. Kind of like you know with like. You know Kyle Israel and uh, uh-huh. you know the team. Uh, you know we won our first bowl game in 2000, uh, 2009, the the Liberty right. Bowl team, and it was yep. like that kind of they kind of laid the foundation for these newer guys to come in in these recent years and really really make the name for themselves. But someone had to kind of get close to there, and you guys definitely did that. And those were fun times for basketball back in like 09, 10, and eleven with uh, with you, Marcus, and and the whole crew. Um, yeah, man, we had some good stuff then. That was awesome. That was a good. That was memories that would last a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. So talking about Marcus, I gotta ask you, how many times have you got to meet Michael Jordan? Oh man, I've like, I've gone on vacation with them numerous times. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah, I've I've. It was like a it was like a second dad to me, really. And Marcus, I mean, Marcus, I've had so much respect for him even before. Like we really knew each other, just how hard he always played and, and, right. and kind of that chip on his shoulder. And when we met, we literally, I mean, it was like instant instant friendship we hung out every day we worked out every day because we both had that same mentality like we want to prove ourselves i want to prove myself as a smaller guard that i can play and he wanted to step out of his dad's shadows and be like listen i get it my dad's the greatest in the world but i can still like i can make a name for myself and that has nothing to do with him either i mean he's his own man he's got to practice harder if anything it's harder to be in his shoes because he's got all these expectations to fulfill your dad's the greatest you should be able to do this you should be able to do that i tell marcus all the time man even even nowadays, I still text him just because I'm grateful for his friendship and grateful for everything that he's ever helped me with. But, I mean, really what he was able to accomplish, man, I, I, would, I tell him all the time, I would never be able to be in the shoes. Just so many, not even with basketball and, and expectations and this and that, but just so many people. They don't even know you asking for shoes, asking for this, asking your dad. Like I couldn't you imagine. Yeah. He's a, he's, right, he's a real person, bro. He's, um, he's a very, very genuine person. And one of his best qualities is he's very loyal and that's one thing that you don't really see, even in today's world, but especially with, with people that, that have so much or that, that's so much given to them and, and the way they handle themselves. But really just, I mean, everything but from, from how humble they are to, to what, the way they talk to people, to the way they handle themselves. It's, it's a different level. And it's probably because there's been so much expected them from such a young age. Yeah. But obviously, I mean, the parents did very, very well just teaching them the right thing and, and having them respect people and 
just showing them the right way. They're really, really good people, man. Yeah, and we, I had talked to, to him a little bit about what it was like growing up like that, and it seemed like they definitely, his dad definitely, and his mom did a really, really good job of showing so good, showing them that so, hey, you know, you, you're gonna grow up a little different, but we're all yes. the, we're all the same though. It when it comes down to it. You, know, you couldn't have said that any better. Yeah. No, you couldn't have said that. That's literally that's that's how they raised them, and that's why they're so respectful. And yeah. I mean, every anybody's like, oh, I would love to do that. If you put yourself in someone else's shoes and actually do it, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I couldn't do this for two minutes. I, so I, I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a different level of respect. Going back to to UCF basketball, so yeah. you came in as a freshman, and you pretty much started every game your whole career, right? Every game, yep. Um, and that was the kind of the. The, the thing for me was like people were like oh you earned a scholarship awesome like at first it was you weren't you won't you won't play division one you won't earn a division one scholarship there's no way you're too small and then it was kind of like hey he'll play division two he'll play division three but i wasn't excited i was I, let me take that back i was very excited to earn a scholarship but of i wasn't course. satisfied yeah so when i got when i got down to campus it was like i've already did so much but now i had to prove myself all over again so it was like when i was on campus People are like, oh, are you like the new team manager? And I'm like, no, no, like I'm literally on scholarship. And they're like, oh man, you're funny. Like I couldn't get a, I, I couldn't get a girl. I was like, oh man, I'm on the. And they're like, okay, this dude's crazy. Like, and then you fast and 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 goes back to it. But like my whole thing was, I wanted to do more. I wanted to start as a freshman. Why couldn't I? I wanted to be a leader of the team. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to set different records. I was number one in assist in conference yeah. as a freshman. I was top ten in, in the country in steals. Top fifteen an assist in the country at my time at UCF, man. And if I wouldn't have got suspended, I would have been the number one UCF assist leader ever, like way, way far ahead of anybody. And that's just an individual accolade. I don't care about that. But it's just... I, I, no, it's so cool. It's I a want, testament I, to your work ethic. You came in and weren't even expected to start. Right. And, and and my thing is, I only you personally remember your individual accolades, right? Like when you when you win as a team, that's why I, want, I just wanted to win, man. That's why people still talk about, oh, you guys beat UConn, you beat these... That's stuff from eight, nine years ago, man. Stuff like that, people remember forever because it's a win. Everybody yeah. won. The only one that's going to remember the individual stats or, or accolades is really yourself. And that's the big thing why I pride myself on is just really winning. So coming down there and being like, listen, I'm going to come down and start. And just staying in the gym till 3, 4 in the morning, man. Just getting shots up, working on my ball handling. Just just really taking it to another level, making it, making it my job like I've always have. But now it was just even more serious. Right, right. Well, that, it was definitely, you know, like I said, an, an awesome time down here. How yeah. do you feel about now? Obviously, since then, the game of basketball has changed so much. Like, oh yeah, you were like a real true point guard. Yeah. How do you think your game would translate in today's game? Would you play the same, or uh, would, or would you have to, you know, practice different stuff in your shot more because that's not really a thing as much as it used to be. Man, you know what I like, and it's honest. I mean, you talk to guys all over that played college basketball, like. Coming out of high school, I was a scorer. I was, I mean, I was definitely a point guard, but right. I averaged 20 something points. I could have had 30 points. I could score really well. When I came to UCF, I wasn't, they didn't want me to shoot a lot. You know, it was more, hey, okay. run the team, this and that. So, like, a lot of people were like, hey, he's a liability on shooting. I would, if we could play the way that they are now, the up and down, the go, the long threes, like, that's really my game. Interesting. That's what I, that's what I love so much. Yeah. But when you're in college, I mean, you're, they're asking you to do it. If you don't want to do it, they'll have somebody else do it. You know what I mean? So, exactly. So for me, I was—I always loved giving my teammates the ball and, and making everybody else better around me. That's what—that's what good point guards do. But um, as far as today's basketball, I think that I would—I probably would have done a lot better. 
See, I didn't um, know. I only looked at your college stats, and I remember you were always, you know, you know, ten assists pretty much a game, oh, or you know, yeah. a little bit less than that. But I didn't realize you were a scorer too. And you know, I can't oh, look up your high yeah. school stats. So <laughs> yeah, high school, my senior year, I was twenty four, eight, and six. I mean, we're talking about the mecca of basketball. Yeah, we no, have the most obviously. pros here. So yeah, man, and and I guess just nowadays it would probably, probably translate even better. I mean, you never know, but everybody's gonna say, "Oh, I, I would have did awesome. I could have did yeah, this." Yeah, like, I mean, you don't know unless you do it. It's but tough. yeah, <laughs> it's tough. Um, but I will say this: as far as as far as like, I mean, before when I was playing, there's there was six three point guards. I was big. You know, I mean, these guys are six eleven, six ten now, dribbling the ball. It's and crazy. This game, this game's evolved so much, man. It's it's crazy. It really is. So going back to you know UCF, what was your like favorite game moment? Uh, I think I know what you're gonna say, but what well, what do you think it was? You know what it was, um, Southern Miss. <laughs> take, Southern Miss. So take take us through the end of that game for for people that don't remember or just you know kind of paint us a picture for people that are listening. Well, first, I mean. The biggest thing I, I have my book coming out next week, and on the cover is is that shot when they held me up. And for me, growing up in Chicago, being really the biggest Bulls fan, being the biggest Michael jo- Jordan fan, to look up hit, to look up at the box and the suites and see him jumping up and down after I hit the game winning shot. Yep. And, and there with Patrick Ewing and Ahmad Rashad. I mean, these are guys that, like growing up, they were Superman to me. Yeah. And to look to look up that to look up and see them jumping up and down and and to really have Marcus pass me the ball, which goes to show how unselfish he is as a person and mm-hmm. um and the player that he was. He just wanted to win. But man, it was people don't realize that was that was one of my toughest years. I mean, we started out that was the year we started out fifteen and zero. I got hurt. Um, and we kind of went on a losing skid there. Yeah, I got hurt. So, so just for me coming back, I mean, my foot, I wasn't I wasn't hundred percent. I was dealing with the plantar fasciitis in my foot, and I wasn't really happy with my playing time coming back. They wanted to ease me into it, and you know, me and coach were kind of getting in, not getting into it, but there was some, yeah, there was some like, listen, I've been here for three years starting, you know, I've done everything I've, that I've had to do. I've worked hard, like I can't control this foot. Foot, and um, for me, it was it was just a game that I was like, holy crap! There was tears in my eyes after I hit the game winning shot, and it wasn't because I hit the game winning shot. I could care less about that, but it was the fact that what I had gone through. And that's kind of testimony to my life, man, is I have so much stuff that that, that, that happens to me, but I never give up. And I, and that's a big reason why I want people to know that, man. You got to keep going. And I would have none, none of this stuff would have ever happened if I would have gave up on any of it. And when times got tough or, or when something didn't go my way, you know, and I've constantly fought just battle after battle to get where I want in life. And that's why good things are happening, man. I got suspended by the NCAA 15 games. Nothing I can do my most important season. I had to realize, like, man, this isn't about me. I still got to be a leader. I still got to be a captain. I still got to be a good teammate. I got to make sure the guys are working. I'm not just going to put my head down and feel bad because I didn't get what I want. So, yeah, that's, that's, constant, out, of your, that's out of your control. I mean, you can either sit there and, and, and be soggy about it or you can just do your what? best to help everyone else. Yeah. Bro, and that's a huge thing I've learned. Like, I was so lost. People don't realize, man. I, after, my, after I get suspended 15 games, uh, my senior season, I go on my first professional workout, I break my foot. I miss all my eight workouts, and I come home. I'm basically like I tell people all the time, and I was dead. I, I didn't. I, I didn't have anything to live for, man. I was. I was in a dark spot. You got to remember. I just came on. I just came from being the most popular kid out of sixty thousand students. Yep. Flying, flying with Marcus and his dad on the private jet. Um, teachers asking for for pictures. Just everywhere I went, it wasn't real. And I tell people all the time, man. I had to go through that when I went through that time of of depression and, and sadness and not having a schedule and not having teammates to be around. I've had that since 
since I was a kid. I started basketball at the age of three. Right. I've always had a team. I've always had somewhere to go. I've always had a schedule. I didn't have that. So I told myself, I said, man, if I get, when I get out of this, I'm going to help and I'm going to inspire as many people because I know everybody's, there's other people that are going through this. I don't want people to feel the way I felt. And I think that was just a huge learning lesson of, of really the, what's that next chapter? I thought I was going to play basketball until I was 60. And, and I think that a lot of people do. And there was unfortunate stuff that happened. I went over to Venezuela. I played. It didn't work out. And then I came back and I helped my brother who was going through a really tough time with some stuff and my dad was really sick and that's when I helped out with the family business and um, I did that for five years I stopped doing what I loved I stopped doing basketball I stopped playing because I had to make a sacrifice to help to help them and and I didn't know anything about the bar industry or the, or the restaurant industry but I applied everything I, I was great at at basketball and it goes back to only worrying about the stuff I can control being a good leader how I treat uh, worrying about how I treat people working hard every single day I can control the stuff that I didn't know and What's crazy is I turned the bar and the restaurant to the top bar in the city without any experience, without anybody teaching me, without, and I just did it to help. Right. And so rec recently, the last eight or nine months, I, I stepped away from it because it wasn't what I loved doing. I did it to help other people, but right. I was like, man, th this basketball thing is what I want to do. I've had it a part of my life. I want to help people. I want to inspire people. I want to motivate people. And I want to do what I want to do. And, and that's what it's about, man. And, 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 that's just kind of kind of where I'm at now. Is is I want to inspire and motivate as many people as I can. I'm I'm moving to LA April first to to really take another step and, and help the brand and, and have, be able to help more people and learn from others. But man, it's just it's consistent every single day, man. I want to get better and like I said in the beginning, everyone's going to tell you what you can't do. No one's going to tell you what you can do, and that's why I want to tell people, listen, you can do it. Right, and that that's awesome. And you know, I was just about to say, um, for anyone that doesn't follow you on Instagram. Follow him. It's at a, a Rompsa three. You, yes, you, you post awesome videos, cool trick shots, motivational yeah. stuff. Uh, one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. And, no, you're the um, best, brother. Thank and, you. Yeah, and honestly, you know, you know, I've never met you, but from everyone I've talked to, they're like, dude, he is exactly the same as he is on there. Like that, he's so real and so like positive and Man, motivational. I got goosebumps, brother. I appreciate that seriously. <laughs> and you know, honestly, the world needs more people like that, especially with how negative stuff can be on social media. So that's awesome. Um, real quick before we go, tell us yeah. a little bit about the book. I, I had no idea you had a book going out. Yeah, man. So I mean, obviously, I I wonder. I did one my freshman year in college, and I don't know. If you could, I came out with the book and everything like there was misspelled stuff <laughs> obviously <laughs> I like rushed it but you can't sell it as a college athlete yeah and it's something that I've always wanted to do man I, I really wanted to share my story and I just want people to know what I've went through to, to really not give up I want to push people I want to motivate people and two and a half years ago I started this Instagram thing and I was like dude I'm not talking in front of a camera Are you crazy like <laughs> there there's no way and you fast forward now man and there's kids in China there's kids like all across the world that are like, hey, man, your videos keep me going. I, I didn't give up because your videos. That's really my why. And, and, and for the longest, I was so caught up with myself and AJ. AJ, how do you feel? AJ, how do you do this? And you got to take care of yourself. But my why isn't about me anymore. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't wake up as quickly in the morning or be as excited or be as, or be as happy. Because my, my why is to inspire and motivate as many people as I can every single day, man. So I wake up with a, with a positive mindset and just like grateful, just grateful for, for being alive because so many people in the world take that for granted. You know, the first thing when they wake up, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to go this. Do you know how many people would die to be in our situation, to have a roof over their head, to have food to eat, to have a family, to have a car? You, you, have, to, you have to be grateful for the little stuff. 
and it's not in a cocky way, no, but it's just, it. yeah. it's just, it's just, I've realized that at this point in my life, man, we can do anything we want and I'm going to go out there and try and get people to, to really believe in themselves and realize like, wait, this dude's serious. He's, I thought he was crazy, which I am a little <laughs> bit, but like, he can, we can All of do us this. Are. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be to make it, you know that. Yeah, no, and that's what people told me when I want to start a podcast too, but that's funny because, you know, you talked about, it's a good example. You talk about, you know, you had to run these bars or whatever, and you know, sometimes yeah. you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet, but at the end of the day, if that's not your passion, that's okay, no. but it. At the same time, on the side, you can start pursuing your passion, which you did, so and then eventually, your passion can become like your main hustle, you know, and that can be your full time thing. And that sounds like that's what you're about to do, moving out to LA and doing all this. So, Matt, you Matt, just props really... to you for following your dreams, man. That's really cool, and I'm, I hope someone that's listening can hear this and be inspired by that because that's awesome. Oh, so we're gonna do some rapid fire questions here, real Uh-oh, quick, and then we're I like done. it. Let's go. Hey, let's not, go. Let's too go. Crazy. All right. Um, <laughs> who win one on one? You or BJ? Me. All right, you were Taco. Me. Marcus or Jeffrey? Woo! <laughs> I can't believe you said that. I'm going to Marcus just because he is crazy competitive. So is Jeff, but Marcus got that big body. All right, Marcus now, is strong as hell <laughs> for sure. All right, today, Marcus yeah. or MJ one on one? That's man. tough, man. Michael, what's Michael like in his fifties, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go just because. I mean, he's been out. He's he's been in retirement for a little bit. And Marcus, I mean, he's played the most recent. Uh-huh. And hopefully, hopefully, Marcus doesn't show his dad or anything. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say Marcus. I'm going Marcus. All right, interesting, <laughs> interesting. All right, uh, last one. Who's the go? MJ or LeBron? Stop it, MJ. <laughs> MJ forever, MJ. And I'm not being biased because I know it has to do with that. Just on a different level, man. Is he? You got to remember, people. I'm not gonna get into a big debate about, it, but. I mean, MJ paved the way for him. That's yeah. he has the same number as him. He, who do you think he looked up to? Like, of course he wants to, he wants to be better than him. But there's somebody that set that tone, that set that bar. So it's almost like that first person who did it is really. I mean, you look at him. I think he's. The, I don't think I know he's the greatest. I, I tend to agree with you. You know, and the thing is, it, they're in different generations. And the Way game's different. different. Yep. You can, you yes, can make sir. a case for either of them, but I grew up watching MJ too, so I, I tend to agree right. with you. It's so, different. You know that. Yeah. We could talk about this all day. But uh, anyway, man, thanks so much for your time. When you get details on your book, let me know, and I'll let everyone else know, you know, to where to pick up a copy and everything. And man, um, yeah, thanks so much, man. Go Knights. Have a good one. You too. All right, that was AJ Ramsa. Uh, be sure to follow him on Instagram at A3Ramsa. Check out his book that's coming out that he mentioned, uh, kind of roundabout. Anyway, really, really good kid. Big things coming in his future. All right, couple other things. We've got a Meanwhile to the West. Uh, as you remember, a few months ago, USF came out with their terrible new logo that looks like the Merrill Lynch logo. They spent $47,000 designing it. They spent another eight to tweak it. I'll tweet out the side-by-side comparison. They made the left leg like a millimeter shorter and made the tail less rounded and like one of the other legs at a different angle. Paid 8000 bucks for that. It is still <laughs> ugly. Wait, seriously? I swear to God. I'll tweet, I'll tweet the link out. This is insane. It, I could have done better look, than look that. Look at the notes. Look, click the link in the notes. Put your mouse over it and click it. This, this is insane. So they spent a total of $55,000 on it. No one likes it. They posted a picture of the new design on Facebook, and it got like 200 comments and like 10 likes. It is so ugly. Wait, it's not even different. It looks yeah, no, exactly dude. the same. All right, so look look at the left leg. 
how long it, it sticks oh, out from the body. Or no, the that right. cost five thousand dollars. No, 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 not just that. The tail. Look at the tail. Okay, it's a little shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they spent eight thousand dollars to change oh it from the right God. to the left. And the logo overall still sucks. The colors are terrible. And it's waste management. It's like yeah, waste management, but like more neon in the yellow and like Merrill Lynch combined. Uh, anyway, this is a joke. Yeah, it's like USF, man. No, I, no, no, no. Like this, this can't be real. No, somebody <laughs> posted this. This is not the Onion, dude. This is Tampa Bay Times. Horrendous. The article starts out horrendous, hideous, horrible hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All are words used by students and alumni to describe the final design of the University of South Florida's new academic logo. Keep reading. This, this is good. Released this week, it is nearly identical to what USF debuted in September, as in as is the rejection it has been met with. Though the university never promised changes, some had hope. But after five months at nearly $8,000 more into the $47,000 design process, Don't! recent tweaks to the logo are hardly noticeable. <laughs> you have to post this. this I, yeah, terrible. I'm going to tweet this. Well, I'll keep reading it. The bull still has a stark resemblance to the logo used by national finance company Merrill Lynch. Students and alumni say the colors used still don't jibe with USF's traditional dark green and gold color screen. Uh, blah, 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 blah. USF sucks. Um, literally, we don't have to do anything, and they just do stuff that pretty much makes fun of themselves. Like, their logo is so bad, it's not even their own colors, and their own students are complaining about it. So, it is what it is. This article was posted March 15th. I'll tweet it out for everyone, too. So, yeah, uh, USF sucks. What else is new? Meanwhile, to the West? Yep. NFL free agency just started. We had some notable UCF alumni oh, mo- yeah. moving cities. Latavius Murray, the Tay Train, moving down to New Orleans to be on the Saints, joining teammate Traquan Smith. Got paid. Oh, Definitely yeah. got paid. He's made. It, he's had a really, really he's had a nice career. Yeah, and running backs normally don't get paid that well, and he's been able to shuffle around from Oakland to Minnesota now to. The Saints signing, you know, five, six million dollar per year deals. So good for him. And then we had Rashad Perriman actually sign an extension with the Browns. Shortly thereafter, they traded for Odell Beckham. Uh, sorry to any Giants fans, you guys are a dumpster fire. But they traded for Odell Beckham, and Rashad Perriman said he wanted out of his contract because now the Browns have Landry and Odell. So Perriman signed with the Bucks, actually. So back down to Florida. He also shaved his head, so got a little bit of cool swag now. Um, I wouldn't be able to recognize him without the dreads. Yeah, well, if you notice, the front of it was like starting to thin out, and he oh, was yeah. still kept the dreads it was in the real back. Pushed back, but like the do- <laughs> the, the the front of his dreads was like halfway through the top of his head. I'm like, how long are you gonna cling on to this for? But anyway, uh, congrats. He's, he's a great guy. Congrats, congrats to him. I mean, he almost like fell out of the NFL for a little bit. Had a really, really, really bad time with the Ravens. Kind of found a home in Cleveland. Obviously, it didn't work out, but I think the Bucks are a great fit. They've got their new coach, Bruce Arians, loves to take shots downfield. Brashad's a, you know, all-or-nothing type receiver, big shots. He's not like a little dink-and-dunk type, possession-type guy, so I think that's a really good fit. And then, obviously, the biggest news, the Jacksonville Jaguars released our man, The Boat, the boat Blake Bortles, and a couple days later, he recently signed with the LA Rams, which I think was the best possible fit. Bortles has spent five years under a staff full of defensive-minded coaches. His first head coach for the first three years was Gus Bradley, then interim coach Doug Marone took over. 
These are guys both with only defensive backgrounds. You know who else had a coach with a defensive background that was a top pick? Who? Jared Goff. He was drafted under Jeff Fisher, did terrible with the Rams. Then Sean McVay, an offensive-minded guy, comes in. Jared Goff lights it up last year. So if there's any better fit for Bortles to come in and learn and have a coach play calls that are going to fit to his skill set, I think it's going to be L.A. I think he's going to light it up. He's going to light it up in preseason, go there for a year, and he'll be a big free agent signing if he doesn't get any playing time in case of an injury. We never root for injury, but if that were to happen, I guarantee you he does well. And on the flip side, the Jaguars just overpaid Nick Foles. They gave him like $88 million guaranteed or something like that. And I guarantee you what happens, Foles was bad his whole career for the most part until he goes to the Eagles, offensive-minded coaches. His quarterback's coach, Frank Reich, former NFL quarterback. His head coach, Doug Peterson, former quarterback. What does he do? He excels because they know how to call plays and cater the offense to his strengths. Now he's going under this Jags coaching staff. They're all defensive-minded guys. I guarantee you he doesn't do well. So I'm, I'm actually officially not a Jags fan anymore. Whoa. Yeah. I, I'm not I mean, a Jags fan. I only fan. was because of, you know, when Storm Johnson was on the yeah. team and – yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess I'll still root for AJ. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll kind of be a Jags fan, but I'm not like a, a real Jags fan like I used to be. I'm, I'm probably gonna pick up. I don't know. I got a sister who lives in New Orleans. I'll be a Saints fan, and we'll see where Tristan Hill goes. And honestly, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit about the NFL that much. So it's all about UCF, baby. Yeah, I don't either. But congrats to all of the UCF alumni ending up wherever they ended up payday pretty much everybody got paid there's nobody uh that that's being underpaid i think even perryman did pretty well I mean, yeah it was a first round pick so he already got his all his money oh yeah oh yeah and he got a decent deal with the bucks too all right so we've got a couple scandals to hit the ncaa lsu's head coach head basketball coach will wade was caught on a recording saying something along the lines of we gave him the best damn offer blah 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 why didn't he take it talking to talking about some kind of recruit or something like that clearly he was talking about giving money now here's the thing this is a fact top recruits have been paid money this is not a disputable fact we don't know how many but we do know some and the fact is is now that it's been established that some recruits are paid that means all top recruits whether they've taken money or not have been offered money they don't just pick 100 percent they've all been offered it now do they take it who knows at this point, I don't really know what to do. I mean, the FBI is, like, putting Adidas reps and stuff in jail, which, I mean, I don't – I get that it's not right, but, like, no one was harmed by the Adidas guy giving some players some money. I think that might be a little bit too far, uh, especially when there's, like, real crimes going on. But and what what is the NCAA doing through all this? Like, why is the FBI taking it upon themselves to, to investigate this crime? It's not really that much of a crime – I don't, I don't think know. they care because they're sitting back making money off of these players' likeness without, pay, the <laughs> without paying well, them. The NCAA doesn't make any money. They're a not-for-profit. Most of their money they make actually goes to scholarships and, and back to kids to help get underprivileged kids into nice schools and stuff like that. The people that work for the NCAA make good salaries, but they take in like a billion in revenue, and most of it doesn't actually go to them. But at the same time, they're like, eh, I don't care. Like It's like the government. Like, they collect their check no matter what. They're not going to dig too far deep. Although some of the stuff that the NCAA does get schools in trouble for, 
like the minor stuff is really, really weird. So I don't really know. One thing is I'm just very thankful that UCF has not got pegged with anything. We did have something back in like 2012 with football where we took a one-year bowl ban, but we somehow appealed it and won, and actually that would have been the Fiesta Bowl year. I definitely... A lot of people forget that. Yeah, it's crazy. That Fiesta Bowl year would have never happened because originally we were slapped with a one... One-year postseason one ban. One-year postseason ban. We appealed it because I think we self-reported. Something like that, yeah. And it was something dumb. It was like... I think it was like the track and field coach or... I, I don't rem- remember exactly. But either way, it's crazy because if we don't make the Fiesta Bowl, I guarantee you none of the other stuff... The first that, Fiesta Bowl. If we... <laughs> I guarantee you that the stuff would the chips would not have fallen the same way they did for a football program in the, in the coming years. No. The Fiesta Bowl put us on the map. We wouldn't have been on the map. So, just I'm just very thankful that we're not involved in any scandal. Our scandal recently was only academic. They can't really touch athletics like that. I just pray to God we're not because I couldn't imagine. Like, imagine we're coming up into this football season right now, and we know we can't go to a bowl game. Like, yeah. it's what like every every game's like meaning. <laughs> yeah, first of all, what do we talk about? Every game's meaningless for the most part. It's like, oh, cool, we win the conference, but uh, we can't, I don't know. It, that would just really, really, really stink. So I, I pray to God that our, our people, if you mess up, just admit it and just don't mess up. I, I, and the good thing is about basketball is we don't have the money to pay anyone, so I'm not worried about that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, now it's time for Money Moves. <laughs> Picks of the Week, special edition, March Madness. Money Moves Special March Madness Edition Picks of the Week. All right, guys, so I'm going to go over a couple of Sweet 16 sleepers for you to help you fill out your bracket for our March Madness Bracket Tournament Challenge. And if you guys have not entered yet, there's, oh, wow, it's up to over 140 people in there. We do have a ton of great prizes, so it's a good chance that you'll get up on the leaderboard. For the Jimmy Hula's gift cards, the Zup. Free Zup membership. So first place is, uh, what, $7,500? First place is $75. $7,500 to Jimmy Hula's. You got a franchise. Yeah. Uh, second place, 50 Third place, 25 Third through 10 gets $10. And also the most points in each round of 64 32 and 16 get a $10 gift card. Everyone gets a pair of socks. The top three get a Zup membership. And everyone gets Orlando Apollo's tickets. Big shout out to our sponsors, everyone he just mentioned. Okay, so I'll give you a couple of higher seeds. When I said higher, I mean like eight or higher seeds that I think are going to make the, the Sweet 16. These will be in my bracket. So number one, I have... Oregon, the 12 seed, making it to the Sweet 16. They will need to beat number five, Wisconsin, and then the winner of Kansas State or UC Irvine. Now, surprisingly, I also have number 13, UC Irvine, as a Sweet 16 <laughs> in a different bracket that I made. But I'll say this playing against Virginia, the number one seed as a, in the Sweet 16, it will either be number 12, Oregon, or number 13, UC Irvine. Oregon, the Pac-12 champion, coming in super hot. This time of year, it's all about momentum, and Oregon has plenty of it. UC Irvine, they're 30-5 and overall. Really never bought into Kansas State being a good basketball team. The Big 12 is run by Kansas. I think they're a little overconfident. 
I see UC Irvine taking it since the game is in San Jose. And so UC Irvine will definitely beat Kansas State, but I definitely think either Oregon or UC Irvine will make the Sweet 16. A few more Sweet 16 sleepers. I have number 13, Vermont, who will beat Florida State, and then I have them beating Murray State. What? I'm just telling you, don't don't right. sleep on Vermont. A few years ago, they knocked out Syracuse in the tournament. Dude, Florida State's really good. I'm just gonna leave Florida it. Florida State is really good, but they just made a they just made a very deep run in the ACC tournament. Yeah, momentum. <laughs> well, it, you know that's one momentum is one side of the car, but it's also fatigue. You know what? Any anything can happen. That's why it's March Madness. Though. Anything can happen, and you know what? I don't like picking chalk. So, all right, there you go. Second to last, I think, is Buffalo. I got Buffalo, the sixth seed in the Sweet 16. And last but not least, I got to do it. I have UCF, the nine seed, beating VCU and Duke to make it to the Sweet 16. They'll Love be, it. They'll be playing Virginia Tech Love in the it. Sweet 16. <laughs> if we could beat Duke, we might as well make the Final Four. For sure. And uh, if we beat Duke, or when we beat Duke, we will be playing in the Sweet 16 in Washington, D.C., so... That's an easy flight from Orlando. Or, or just might as well just stay in Virginia all week or whatever. It's Why like not? right there. Or wherever we are, South Carolina. I don't even know. Hey, who cares? Beat Duke, it doesn't matter. Okay, so those were a couple Sweet 16 sleepers that I think can make it to the second weekend. Now, if you're a betting man, which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast... We are. I have a few first-round picks that I really, really like. Number one, you got to go all in, I'm going to say. All in, UCF. It started at plus one and a half, I think. Yep. UCF. It's all the way down to UCF minus one and a half. Ooh. So you got to get in quick, fast, now, go. Before it lost, gets to two or three. We just lost money by not betting or something. <laughs> you got to go <laughs> right now. right now. We can't lose this game. It, just the matchup, everything that I've heard and talked about, Yes, we we're coming off of two losses, but I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. I don't see them having an answer for Taco. We got to win this game. I, I think it'll be a fifty-fifty-ish crowd. You know, I I don't know. I you you just sometimes you just feel it. I feel it, and I and I feel like for us to have this great of a season and then just lose to Virginia Commonwealth, it just. Or it would be it's like, not going to happen. Or it would be like, oh, yep, that's UCF basketball. No, I, no. I, feel, I feel you. We definitely need everyone to go out there. It's Friday night. The game's at like 9. If you can take a half day on Friday, you can make it there on time. Possibly. You can make it on time for the Duke game. But anyway, big time. I agree. I don't see us losing. And here's one of my little gambling tricks that might pay off for you a little bit. Put $500 on UCF. If we win, you got a free $500 to fly up and back for UCF Duke on Sunday. Free money, and if we lose, well, we lost, so it doesn't matter anyway. Hey, yo, you save yeah, money by you, not going. You have until, like, the last week of August when the first game of football is to save up all that $500 well, that you no, lost. No. Okay, so let me rephrase this. If you were planning on going to the game Sunday, okay, bet $500 on UCF to beat VCU. If we lose... You probably would have spent at least $500 on oh, tickets sure. and flight anyway. And if we win, you get to go for free. So it's a win-win. Sort of. Yeah. Well, not if we lose. 
then we just lose and you lose your money. <laughs> but you were going to spend that anyway to go to the game. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I would have rather went to the game. Yeah, it's a game. That's why they call it gambling. That's why they call it gambling. Anyway, what other picks do you like? All right, I got a couple other ones written down here, but I don't really feel that confident about them. The one, so <laughs> the one I do, like the, the, call these medium move picks. Okay, the well, no, I don't. Medium? I don't like that. I, don't, I only like to give winners. All right, and and the other the other slam dunk winner I'm gonna go with is Vermont. I got it at plus ten and a half. It's all the way down to plus nine. So again, get it in quick. That's what she said. It goes, <laughs> before it goes to eight or seven, look, it's the thirteen seed versus the four against Florida State. I already talked about it. Sean has a very weird look on his face. Like, there's Looks no like, way in hell this is going to happen. Look, I just got like a bug in my eye. I'm like, yeah. Dur, dur. Anyway, Florida State, just not feeling it. I remember a few years ago, I picked them to go really far in the tournament, and when somebody burns me. Oh, like, yeah. they lost in the first round, Money and I picked them, like, real does far not, to go. Does not forget. This happened to me in Seton Hall once a few years ago. They were, like, a three seed, and I had them in the Final Four, and they freaking lost in, like, the first round. That's why I, I'm definitely taking Wofford against Seton Hall. I'm never picking Seton Hall again. Just Wofford's like, once good you burn, year. Once you burn Money Moo, I'm not taking you again. Nope. So, anyway, those are those are the two picks. You can still get UCF at about 250 to 1. To win the whole shebang. And you know what? Honestly, the value is there. I, I don't know about, you know, betting the house on UCF winning the national championship, but at two fifty to one for a nine seed, there there is extreme value on that. So, you know, it's basically like the lottery. If the Powerball gets real high, you know, what do you throw? Five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks? Yeah. Fifty. There's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with throwing you know ten bucks on a two hundred and fifty to one. Nah, it's fun. Uh, it's free. It's especially it's, you know even if it's just to say that you had money on it. Yeah. You know when we eventually do win, just to have that ticket or have that screenshot. Think of it this way. All right, at some point in the next fifty years, we're gonna make the final four, and if we keep being like a two hundred and fifty to one, and you bet it every year. You'll probably break even, right, eventually but, it'll pay off. but you're not going to tell everyone you won, you lost $10 betting this stupid bet the last 40 years <laughs> when we make it. But the one time we do, you're going to be able to like show everyone this picture and be like, I got the underdog. Let's go Knights. So, yeah, I definitely, I put 50 bucks on us, but I got 500 to one. So, if we beat Duke, I'm going to do like some major hedging or let it ride. We'll see. I like letting it ride. Dude, if we beat Duke though, oh man. Seems like a pretty easy. This is gonna get expensive. Maybe Michigan State is about the only other team I think can knock us out. Knock us out. Right, if we can beat Duke, we can beat anyone. So it really doesn't matter. Or is the high off the emotional win? Oh, dude, that, too much. Then we get slaughtered <laughs> by like, Duke and lose to Virginia Tech. Or Virginia something. Tech's good, man. We'll just have to see. But you know what? One game at a time. Very excited to be here. But take UCF minus one and Vermont plus ten and a half. You know, if, if Vermont is down to like plus eight by the time you bet it, probably not. Eh, hold off. But anyway. if you if you can find Vermont plus ten and a half and UCF, uh, I'd bet it all the way up to like minus three, honestly, because it's going to keep going that way. Yeah, get your money in now. So uh, UCF minus one, Vermont plus ten and a half. Let's get that money. All right, couple more segments before we wrap it up. Orlando Apollos. They finally lost a the game. They were 5-0 and coming in, playing at home versus Arizona last week. 
and lost 22-17. to Obviously, all good things come to an end. It is hard to stay undefeated. Uh, no one's just quite as good as U- UCF, I guess. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm r- I'm really liking the the quality of football in these games. What do you think, Moo? Yeah, I really enjoy it. I mean, I I this is the only Apollos game that I haven't seen. Uh, you know, even if, even if the Apollos aren't playing, it's the other teams. It's really not that bad. If I'm not doing anything else, you know, I I I've got it on. But the one thing that I don't understand. And no, no, this cheer, is, no cheerleaders. I know. No, yeah, I didn't notice oh. that. <laughs> uh, I guess they do need some cheerleaders. That's like the first thing I noticed, dude. <laughs> okay, well, maybe the, when the, X, uh, the XFL will have cheerleaders. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. But I, I just can't understand why I, I can't find a box score anywhere. They have no stats, and especially this year. You know, they're trying to, they're trying to get their whole interactive app thing going, which... I tried that, and... It's, like, weird. It's too far ahead of the game. It, it's too laggy, you yeah. know? Yeah. It, Is there, it, I'm looking on it now. Do they have stats? No. You click on the game, and it, it there's nothing. Yeah, and I know even online, it's, like, hard. Like, you go on their website and click schedule, and it only has the upcoming schedule. It doesn't have, like, the past schedule. There's no stat. There's no leaders. Like, horrible. Anyway, I don't know. It makes no sense. We'll have to complain. I know some people, so... But yeah, I mean, besides that, it's been it's been good football, and it'll be exciting. They'll probably make the playoffs, and uh, it'll be exciting. A lot of stuff I've seen on Twitter. Is it Jordan or Justin McRae? Just is Justin. One of them's on the Packers. One of them's on the Apollos. Anyway, the one that's on the Apollos has been like lights out. Pro Football Focus has him the number one rated center every week. Obviously, his twin brother is on the Packers, so you know they're somewhat kind of the same at some point. So I think he's definitely going to get a shot in the NFL. And it's really cool that a lot of these players that might have fizzled out of the league are really getting second chances. There's a couple of receivers that are just, like, really, really good. They're going to get, get signed with teams. And I guarantee you Garrett Gilbert's going to be on an NFL roster come this fall. Or at least end up getting a look in training camp, for sure. He's played really well. I think so, too. And yeah. i got to give it up for the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. There, oh, yeah. The Apollo's number one in points scored, even though I can't find the box score. Number one in total offense. The games are exciting because they're just like throwing it all over the place. They're you know? fun and it's good quality football. It's not sloppy either. All right, uh, last couple things. Let's do our mailbag questions. Uh, we've got a couple here. First questions from MD Knight 2016. Would beating Duke in the NCAA tournament second round be bigger than UCF winning a college football playoff title? I would say no. Just because it's not a national championship, it would definitely be a close second. It would be. I think that would be bigger than us beating Auburn in the Peach Bowl. Duke is by far. Yeah, yeah, I would th- say. All so. right, so the equivalent of this would be if we played Alabama and beat them, like when Alabama yeah. was number one, because Duke is the consensus number one right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you can't say they weren't motivated. Oh no, not in this <laughs> tournament. So that's, uh, yeah, interesting. It would definitely be huge either way. All right, next question from Laura UCF. What are your score predictions for men's and women's basketball in the first round? Um, I see the women, if they're going to make the upset, it's going to be close. You know, 12-5, it does happen all the time, but it's usually not a blowout. I see maybe the women winning like 52-49. Okay. Against Arizona State. And then against VCU for the men, 
were both very good at defense. Um, they're not good at shooting the three. They are good at defending the three. They do a lot of press. I see a very low-scoring game. Hammer the under. What is it? I think it's only like 126. Really? Yeah. Which that's that seems kind of high for for two like very defensive-minded teams. Anyway, we'll go with the men. UCF takes it 58-52. How about a little March Madness magic happening? B.J. Taylor, the buzzer beater, to beat VCU. Three-pointer, win by one. And I think the women win by ten. It's women's basketball. Like, anything can happen. Arizona State, they got to travel to Miami. The distractions. That is true. That's pretty far. Pitbull, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. So, Pitbull? Miss a 305. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think both teams win. Let's wrap it up. Guys, this is it, man. What a time to be a UCF fan. Just when we thought we had to wait all the way till football season, we came right back and got the at-large bid. This is exciting. If you can get to the game by any means, go. Especially if we beat VCU, drive up Saturday, get there to the game Sunday. Zion Williamson, one of the best college players of our generation. Uh, don't miss out. It's going to be good. You know what's funny is that we always end our podcast with, this is it, guys. <laughs> like... Or well, you know, whatever. This is all, all right. I know it, it, there's nothing wrong with it, but it just feels like we're always leaving you, you know, with to it, get you like so hyped up for what's about to happen. I am so, and hyped I really up. hope we haven't done this in a while. But I really appreciate everybody for tuning in, for subscribing. I really love to hear your feedback on Twitter or if you leave a review. But I just feel like, you know, after you listen to this podcast, and I know, you know, when we record this podcast, too, the few minutes after, we're, you know, we're done, we are so hyped up. We're like, we're ready. Let's go. We have to, like, calm down. Like, we have to, like, decompress <laughs> after the pod- podcast because we get so hyped up. Like, right now, I'm ready to run through a freaking wall straight to Columbia, South Carolina. So, anyway, seriously, the next game is always the most important game because we're constantly breaking records and doing better than we always have. And... To do that right now, we got to be VCU. So get hype, get there. Yeah. We also have a very, 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 uh, very, very, very special. I can't say very enough. No, that very to infinity. We have a really freaking awesome guest. This was like not just for the podcast, but like one of the most fun things I've done in a long time, and my life's kind of fun. So not just like saying that. Like this was a really, really good time. We got to talk to someone, get a very unique perspective on. Something college football related. Just uh, this guy, I mean, he's kind of like a celebrity ish in the oh, sports world. He's definitely world. a celebrity. Sp- he's a sports celebrity. He's like sports when you first said, oh, we're, we're going to get this guy, I thought, there's no way. Well, like, why would he do Why yeah. would he do this tiny little podcast that we have? That's true. And anyway, we can't reveal who it is yet. It'll be coming uh, soon. It's but it'll be coming soon. Football related. Uh, maybe a little spring game hype episode, but we've got them saved up. Anyway, yep, that's it. Let's freaking beat BCU and Duke, and hopefully next time we're talking to you, we're dancing the Sweet 16. Go Knights. Charge on.
Assembly Nations. Assembly Nations. 